Paul, great to have you back on the show. Appreciate you joining us. Good to be with you, Oliver. Nice to see you. All right, so it's a tough day for software stocks. You own a ton of software stocks. Walk me through the way you're thinking about the group as it remains under some pressure here throughout an earnings season that's had some great numbers for these companies. Why can't they stage rallies, Paul? It's been a tough uh, five, six months uh, for these software companies like you alluded to in your uh, opening remarks. Uh, a lot of investors have been worried about interest rate increases and, as, and inflation increases. Um, we're in the camp that this inflation we're seeing is more of uh, capacity decreases that happened during COVID-19. Uh, everybody stopped ordering everything from cars to chips to lumber, and now everybody is ordering them at the same time again with, and you add on top of that, uh, stimulus. So you're seeing this uh, huge uptick in demand. But as we uh, you know, sort of progress towards the back half of the year, um, and, and we cop against this, we kind of think things will settle down and that should be good for our software names. And Oliver, I always go back to you know the fundamentals and as we have progressed through the first quarter, we've seen a lot of positive uh, results from these companies. Uh, no matter what the sort of economic backdrop, a lot of these companies need to continue to do their digital transformations. And we're seeing that in the first quarter numbers. So what will uh, tell us if um, there's going to be potential for continued trend higher in these? Because there's this rate story, but then there's also this growth story too, Paul, where it just I still have trouble figuring out how the growth rate of these companies will be able to beat COVID. Is it now kind of accepted that maybe they won't be able to beat COVID in the uh, near term, but uh, after a little correction, maybe earnings can do the legwork and keep these stocks going higher? How does that part factor in where even outside of rates, they're gonna have a tough bar going forward? I think that that's uh, correct. Um, a lot of these companies have been actually accelerating their growth rates first quarter, um, year over year, and their guidance has been better than expectations. So. Uh, they are growing through this COVID uh, better than expected. It's just um, the inflation, the short-term inflation and interest rate expectations that are driving the bust from a macro sentiment standpoint. So we would expect uh, these software companies still to grow anywhere from 20 to 30%. Um, but what, what I guess the good news is, is the top line revenue growth will continue to increase. So you're getting multiple compression uh, through these companies continuing to outperform on the revenue numbers. And then also uh, the market has obviously compressed their multiple. So um, we think they'll continue to grow through this. Um, look, this is the time you'd want to buy software stocks is when everybody's questioning the growth, questioning the underlying business models. And that's what we've uh, seen the last three months. So um, we've been through two or three of these corrections in the past three, four years, um, and they've been tremendous buying opportunity. And what we see today is, is nothing different. What about from the stock selection standpoint, which as an active fund, uh, the Tocqueville Opportunity Fund, you're, you're looking and picking the companies you think that are the best, right? This is not like a, a passive index ETF. And in the last couple of years, or really specifically during COVID, you didn't really have to, to pick a lot of, uh, you know, you didn't have to be a cloud stock picker necessarily. You could buy a general cloud exposed fund and because of the just huge gross demand, for these in industries were rising, there was uh, a great deal of performance across the boat. But what if there is more M&A going forward? What if companies are going to have to uh, be a little bit more nimble 
What does that mean in terms of stock selection here? Is that going to start to matter more? And how do you go through and look at companies and go, you know what, okay, maybe this is not going to be as easy of a trade anymore. Walk me through kind of what your, your system is going to be for doing that. Well, we want to be exposed to uh, secular growth opportunities um, that are growing and growing faster than their competitors. So that's what we look for. And then we sort of dig down and look at what companies um, are taking more share and have a product or technology um, that can uh, outgrow its competitors and have a, a big competitive advantage. Um, and those companies tend to recycle their capital faster, come up with better products, and can cross-sell uh, into um, their existing customers. And that gives them more and more firepower to kind of keep reinvesting their product back into their product. So uh, those are sort of the companies we look for. Um, we like the secular backdrop, things like e-commerce, uh, we're still really positive on. Um, we're still really positive on enterprise software, because like I mentioned before, a lot of these companies need to automate and digitize um, their backend office. So uh, that's you know sort of a high level uh, point of how we pick stocks. What will you do if the price action, I mean, does volatility make a technical analyst out of everyone at the end of the day? I mean, these fundamentals can be great. I look at ServiceNow as an example, stock that you like, which just reported earnings that were uh, looked pretty great from uh, an expectations versus reality standpoint. I mean, when we talked about the stock when it hit live here, uh, we talked about the numbers when it came out, EPS that was ahead of estimate, uh, sales that were ahead of the estimate. But yet we're down and we're down pretty handsomely since the report. And now we're at the lows of the stock has seen over the past uh, eight months uh, of trading. I mean, we're at a level that we first reached back in August of last year. So what happens if the price action doesn't line up with the fundamentals? Because even if you get the fundamentals right as a stock picker, what happens if the price action doesn't follow, Paul? How does that factor in? Yeah, and I think it comes down to time horizon. I, like you said, you've, they beat on every metric. You can maybe quibble with a couple of things, how billings growth was you know, a couple hundred basis points lower than the market was thinking, but they're still gonna grow well over uh, 25% this year with you know over 30% free cash flow margins, which is uh, pretty amazing when you think about that they're um, gonna be an $8 billion business here in the next uh, couple of years. So what we try to do is, and it's, you know, it's not easy, but you have to, take a three to five year view on these um, because we can go back and look in 2016, the last time these things had a major, major correction and people were saying the same thing um, and they turned out to be uh, great buying opportunities. Mm -hmm. So we don't really view this any differently. Um, it's just, you know, the macro conditions are a little bit different, but the execution of these companies has only gotten, uh, has only gotten better and ServiceNow is just an example of a company that is at the heart of digital transformation uh, it trades at less than 15 times sales, which for a high cro uh, cloud growth stock is very reasonable. Um, and it has these inroads in these Fortune 500 companies that it's very hard to disaggregate and, and get it computed away.